0: girl Sparky T at the Radical Lounge, where we're having open and honest radical conversations about some very uncomfortable situations with both races, black and white, beautiful faces. We've got the ever so beautiful KB, the ever so awesome Stoney, and the super tripperific Bishop. Buddy, this is Sparky T. Welcome to the Radical Lounge, episode 2. Today we are discussing social hypocrisy, talking about why Confederate statues are up and people are confused why they're taking down, talking about why it's okay for the white man, the white culture to be afraid but not the black community. So, today we're going to just dive deep into these topics and see what we come up with. We hope you enjoy and we'd love to hear your feedback. Welcome, everybody. We've got Bishop, KB, and Stoney.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: Hello. All
0: right. So we were talking um, last time, KB, you brought up some good points about how, you know, the hypocrisies of when, like, you know, shit, shit goes down in the black community or, like, you know, people are, people are dying. Black people are being shot. They're being brutalized by the police. And when black people stand up and say, Hey, you know, look, we're afraid this is not okay. Then it's this reaction sort of from the, from not sort of, but from the white community of like, I don't, you know, I don't really get it. But if, you know, on the flip side, when something happens to somebody in the white community, then it's, it's this very like compassionate response and, Um, this, this understanding of like, Oh, you have a right to be afraid. And especially when it's dealing with black, you know, black versus white. And so I'd love you really to start out and, and, um, elaborate on your perspective,
2: uh, for us, yeah, it it just makes me curious. Um, um, why do we have the black community have to always be so hard? If something happens, we should be able to be emotional about it. You know, we should be able to cry about it and be outraged. But when we but are, already right. get over it. We right. Don't be so upset about it. so it's, I don't understand why it's hard when you understand that, right?
0: Yeah, I I don't get it either. I mean and, and you know when you brought it up um and, and I, this is part of what I love about our show being a white woman and as cool as I might be, you know there there just the rea- the reality is is that it doesn't really matter how many black friends I have. You know, I mean that one doesn't give me any sort of award or whatever, but the, the point I'm making is um I can have a better insight and a better understanding, but I still don't live their life, you know? So I'm not in their shoes, but so all that to say, what I love about our conversations is like, when you said that, it just, it just like blew my mind on this much larger level, um, and, and being able to to really see the truth in that. Yeah, even when um,
2: it comes to the media, just how we're portrayed, how we're portrayed in the media, when, <laughs> when something happens, for Black people, they will show all of the negative things about them. They talk about the father not being there, or they pull up their records, you know, their arrest um, records. And if it's on the other side with the white community, they would say, oh, well, you know, he his father wasn't in the house or he has mental issues and we need to show compassion for this family. Now, I, I don't understand why why show compassion for one but not for the other? If we're right. both going through um, saying the same thing. Right. And mental
0: health not being it it's almost like mental health in, in the media or, or anywhere, right? Like we've also had this conversation like mental health in the black community is not addressed. It's like, what, like the only thing that seems to exist, um, as far as media is concerned and portrayal of the black community is drugs, being a drug dealer, a drug user Mm -hmm. dead dads, you know, moms who are on welfare, just having babies so they can collect more welfare. Like, you know what I mean? And everybody's a criminal. And like that, that's what's portrayed. Like we never hear anything about mental health, health issues. Um, we don't hear about, you know, and, and we cut the, the story short, right? Because there's a larger reason as to why so many black communities, I mean, they're oppressed. Like it was set up and designed to put the black communities in that position. Um, and then let's just be real and fucking honest. Like our government, there's no war on drugs. Our government brings those fucking drugs into our country. And it and then was deliberately placed in the black communities. Yeah. Um and, and there's a documentary about that. So um it, it's it's and then, then definitely it it is, it's it's even more impression of like exactly what you said. Like that's the tone. That's the story, which is, oh, well, he's a criminal because of course his dad wasn't around. He's got a deadbeat mom. Yeah. He's got a bunch of kids. All they're doing is gangbanging and selling drugs. selling. And it, and it does it's like, they're selling drugs to our kids now in our neighborhoods. Now it's bleeding yeah. over. You know, it's like, well, who the fuck are you? Like, first of all, no, the people who are on top are probably your neighbor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, Bishop Stoney, well, what do you no, guys I think have? To
1: your to your point, um, that even when you speak on the 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 drug, um, piece, um, the drugs were always okay as long as it wasn't in their communities and directly affected them. Um right. And even then, there was nothing. There was no issue with the the war on drugs was there. People acknowledged it, but nobody really took it as serious until the opioid crisis and then when it became right. predominantly white people were ODing off opioids now all of a sudden drugs are a bad thing and we should do something about it um mm-hmm. and i think that speaks to the hypocrisy of it all too it, it it and it also just touches on just that 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 whole thing of if something affects me then i care um right and and so right. again it goes back to the narcissism right like why should I care yeah. about any of that stuff? It doesn't directly affect me. But when it does now, it's like, oh my God, we need to do something about it because there is something gravely wrong here because me and anyone associated with me is directly affected by something going on. And so it just keeps mm-hmm. speaking to that hypocrisy, but it all boils down to selfishness, right? Like people only care about, and, and and I think some of that's a human element. I think some of that is just a human nature, but some of it is it is it's a learned behavior. Like, you know, mm-hmm. from a from a, a, a cultural perspective of we don't have to worry about crack. We don't do crack in our neighborhood. So who cares what it's doing to them? They need to figure out how to get that shit out of there. You know what I mean? Even though they weren't the ones that brought it. But oh, my God, my son just OD'd on, on, on opioids. So he just went out and tried to make a meth lab and blew the house up. Took now all my prescription, to... By, yeah, my prescription drugs. and Yeah, my prescription drugs. Now, all of a sudden, there's something wrong and something <laughs> needs to be done. Where is the legislature?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, and we need to have cops carrying those uh, OD uh, shots to revive
1: the Narcan or something like that. The
3: Narcan, yeah. And the the thing is, is back to the whole the the drug thing. I mean, this is it's the government. It's the government business. I mean, like Tony touched on it. The government brings the drugs in. The white community is concerned more of their own. designer drugs, cocaine, you know, the, the night, I don't know, the nice drugs, if you would, the snotty drugs, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. then they learn how to make crack, which they, now we're going to push this on the black community and get these people all hooked up on this crap. Makes it easier to control them. Yeah. And then they decide to do the war on drugs, which was really more or less a front for them to be able to manipulate laws to do what they want. Yep. I mean, uh, the even to the Breonna Taylor shooting that was a no yep. that was a no-knock warrant which was yep. created back when the whole war on drugs started
0: yep Done. oh it is i need to find that documentary because it breaks down in full detail how it was a political move to deliberately drop the drugs in the black communities in order to do this whole war on drugs thing. And it, I mean, there's so much more information that's in the middle of it and I'll be sure to um, post it on our IG page. Um, the name of the documentary, cause everybody should watch it. It's very informative, but you know, it's like, it, it's, it is complete hypocrisy when, you know, it, <laughs>
2: Even with guns, gun violence, yeah. um, guns in the Black community never seem to be a problem. And then when it comes to more um, white people getting hurt or when it comes to just gun violence, period, oh, now we need to really take a look at this because our people are getting hurt now. Like, yeah. we really, really, really need to... Um, Understand what is
1: going on with the guns. Let's, let's be clear, it's not just their people getting hurt. It's when they're having mass shootings and using you know, yes. automatic weapons to kill tons of their own people. I'm sure that the, the outrage wasn't the same when that young man went into that church that was in South Carolina and killed all those black people. Yeah. Um, and, and, and and At the same time, nobody even thought once to even take his life. Let's be clear about that. Not saying he should have died, but what I'm saying right. is it would not have been the same outcome had that been a black person in the same right. environment um and so I think again, like you said, k b it just comes back to oh my God, I'm affected. what do we do? You know when illegal right. arms and when guns are are being pushed into the the black communities and they're there illegally, let's just fix the laws, and so now we can just lock more black people up you but know? the worst part the worst part about that is the the school
3: shootings for the lovely you know psychopath white kids uh if I'm correct. 90 percent if not all of them are actually all legally obtained guns mm-hmm. from most of yeah. them from their parents yeah
2: from parents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and you're right because you know what one of the points i mean there's so much in here but one of the things that popped in my head is um white community always screams oh well there's you know you just talk about shooting black people well what about there's all this black on black crime well yeah. i mean Okay. So, first of all, like people in every culture who have guns and are just in in whatever negative state of mind they're in and like are, are are that state of mind like they'll shoot people. But it the same thing happens in the white community. We just don't address it. It happens when white people just like hit a maximum point and like I say when white people snap, they snap. Hey, so and that's then they where we go got the term going they-
3: postal yeah and
0: they go in and wipe out a whole school and the first thing is we need to take we need to pay more attention to the mental health of our children mm-hmm. you know and he grew up in an abusive home and you know and it's like it, it is it's all that compassion but oh my god, if you know some black, person shoots another black person or whatever, it's, oh, those thugs, you know, they're just doing their black thuggish things. But that's the narrative
1: that everyone, that's what I think the social hypocrisy comes in. When people start screaming black on black crime to me, it it, kind of annoys me because statistically, if you look at every demographic, it's just proven that it's, crimes are based off of proximity to the, the people that you're in. So if you look at 80% that's of the right. violent crimes in white communities, they're white on white, just the same as it's the right. same in Blacks. The problem is Blacks are a smaller majority, so it seems like it's happening at a higher rate, but it's not. It's really the same amount of people. It's the same percentage, but it, it's, it's going to happen in any culture. That's no different if I went to China. I can't say, well, that's Chinese on Chinese crime. You know what I mean? Like, right. everybody here is yeah. having the same issue you know what i mean like it's going to happen because right. it's proximity to where you are right. so when people you but that's part of that whole narrative let's paint this picture to say that you guys are all concerned right. about you know black people being killed by police and and these racial inequalities but you're not concerned about killing yourselves nobody at all is saying that nobody in in, in their mind is saying we think that black people shouldn't you know it's okay to kill each other what we're saying right is, right at the very least, if you're going to make the laws the way they are, then if black people want to kill each other, I guarantee that black person that did it is going to get the time he deserves or more than he yeah. deserves. Yeah. But if a right. white person kills a black person, statistically, it's proven majority of the time they're let off with a slap on the wrist, if that, you know what I mean? Let's yeah. look at George Zimmerman right. and some of these other people in, that are, are, yeah. are, are, are getting away with true-to-life murder simply because mm-hmm. of a law that was meant to kind of stand your ground. What ground do you have if you created the environment that you you call that, that caused the death? You know, but these are all the things that right. keep happening. And so people just kind of, like, play these narratives like, well, you know, black people are just killing each other. Then when it's like, oh, man, he killed a black person. I mean, a white person. Fuck. Let's do something about gun law. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's true. Back to the, the point of the NRA. I mean, if you look at the NRA members, um, very wide. You well, know? Yeah, I mean, very well. I'm gonna and, join you know, not not, <laughs> not all, but <laughs> but the majority are. I mean, I, I have actually gone on a browser site just for political reasons, right? Because the NRA has their big old hands deep pocketed in the politicians. And so that's another thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they get to play their games, that's okay. But it's not okay for black people in the black community to have guns where they're actually in fear of their lives. Because yep. they're, they're you know, living in situations where they have to, right. um, you know, and it's not like white people don't own fucking guns. A lot of them own guns, but that's okay, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what, why don't white crime, I mean, what you want to talk about crime? I mean, let's talk about some, bi- like, white-collar crimes with these big-ass, you know, mu- multi-billionaire, like, head corporate, you know, people mm-hmm. who are robbing their own people blind. Right. I mean... Like, that's that's oh, you mean, is like, huge. like Bernie Madoff,
3: who, who, like, you know, <laughs> robbed how many people? And he's probably, I believe, he's still in jail, but he, believe me, he is not sitting in any type of jail cell that anybody else would see.
1: No.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And that's the other thing is it's like, oh, we've got special places for you, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then. You know, it's just, it's just, and a touch on the narcissism, like we talked about this and this will be another episode, but um, you know, the narcissism in the white culture, like it, this is all part of it, right? Because it falls into, we are dealing on a larger level, human level with all of this, that what we are facing now is human evolution. And unfortunately there are too many people who are not willing and are capable to evolve to the next level, you know, and that's really just what it is, because we have, through the generations created a a mass culture of white narcissism, and that is unable to be able to see the hypocrisy. And that hypocrisy bleeds through that narcissism, because it's exactly what you said, Bishop, it's If it happens to me or it happens to something I love, then it's a, it's a problem and we need to address it. But if it happens to you, uh, no, it's okay. It's, I don't need to worry about that. Yeah. And that's, that's where we are as a society. Um, I think the difference is is that the black community and this is where I feel it's very obvious that that narcissism in the white culture exists because amongst the black community, black community rises up together. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. I mean, look at look at all the people globally, you know, um, white people would not do the same for each other. I mean, we don't. We don't when except when, you know, our schools, kids are going in and shooting up the schools. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a cry out for like, oh, oh my God, now we need to pay attention to mental health and now we need to pay attention to gun laws and all of this shit. Mm-hmm. But like if you look at the difference in there's no real unity in it. It's just suddenly this like demand, mm-hmm. you know, you hurt me and mine, so you need to fix it.
3: Yeah, lack know. of, yeah, ac- had, lack had, of um, accountability as well.
2: Totally. Yeah. I had a conversation um recently with the guy. We were speaking about Breonna Taylor, and he wanted to know why she had so much attention. Um, when a young and a young boy, he was five years old, um, a drug dealer shot him in the head and killed him. But um, later on you find out that the drug dealer sold drugs to the father and they had an issue. So they the guy was like, Well, why didn't this child get the same you know the protesting so i asked him well why didn't your people protest if you're that upset about it and you say well why did brianna taylor get attention and this young boy didn't well we came together for brianna you know we were outraged we you know people were writing writing about it but you know you're mad at me because no one did the same for that young boy well get people together and do the same thing. Show that you are outraged
1: about it. I had someone that actually, uh, me and him, we were friends when our families were in the military. I was about eight, I think he was 10. And we became like the best buds back then. And then time, you know, time and distance kind of pulled us away. We reconnected a few years ago online. We haven't met physically in person since we were kids. And um, it, it was one of those things where, He's a he's in a completely different walk of life now. He's this pastor. He's actually living in like Romania somewhere, and he, pray, he He's like a street preacher, but he's really radical. And I'm not I'm not against that at all. He's really like fired up for his religion and his belief, and I and I'm all for that. But I think that he's really out of touch because he, he said the very same thing. Like where was the same outrage, and and that people are being hypocritical in the sense of they you know it. it he even went so far to say that the people who were responsible for killing George Floyd have been arrested. So why do we still see hashtags? Why are we not moving on to the next thing? Um, Wow. Yeah, it was a very, very, very like mind-blowing type of like, you know, reading. I'm reading his comments and I'm just thinking, man, you really are kind of out of touch. But at the the same time, I think that people want to group stuff together because they don't want to face the fact that something that's truly wrong. So it's easy yeah. to kind of, like, do this, like, distract-type tactic to say, hey, you know what, why don't we just bring it all together? The reality of it is you can't tell me that you don't think certain things are just fucked up. Like, it, it, it is what it is. Like, it's wrong. It's, 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 you know, unjust. And for you to try to use another incident, to skate over this incident to me is just wrong to me. And it's no different than any other scenario, right? If something happened to him and I went and said, but you know what? I get it. Somebody punched you in your face. You know what? I know three people that got punched in their face for, you know, completely different reasons. Why are we not arguing about that? It's, 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 right. it's you know, it kind of goes back to Black Lives Matter, right? Like why are we arguing Black Lives Matter over all lives matter? This is one separate right. issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, this is a completely separate issue, just like I feel like I don't want to take away from the LGBTs issues that they fight. I don't I don't have a desire to right. take away from that. But those are your issues. I'm not going to go into your platform and your movement and say, but what about black lives? You know what I mean? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's what that's what they're doing. And they're kind of saying, let's combine it all because I don't want to face the fact that this shit is fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. We talk about it a five-year-old died. I don't care. Anybody who's a human should think that's, that's wrong. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not cool. You know what I mean? And we're yeah. all saying that. But in the same breath, the man that did it has been apprehended and he's going to be facing they
2: charges. They caught him immediately. You know, that was, that's what the argument was about. Well, there wasn't a reason to riot for that because the guy who did it is locked up. And he got locked up like it was fast.
3: It was really
1: fast. Yeah, See, I think some people they stop at one point. George Floyd died, so but this this and it stops right there. We're not well, saying they it.
3: look at the fact that that like oh well the cops the you know the people responsible got arrested for it. Well, many, yeah, but that doesn't they mean they, that doesn't mean they're in jail serving time for what they did. Exactly. I don't even. Then,
0: I don't even think that they're really. I, you know what I want to say this somebody a friend of mine posted a picture where it was like a mugshot of the cop who put the knee on George Floyd's neck um in the orange suit and it's like the the front the front photo and then the side profile and she put up the same of like him out of the orange suit and then in this orange suit and like there are features of like his ears and his facial features that don't look the same Mm -hmm. yeah so it's almost like did they really lock these people up? And, I, I
1: mean, it's possible that they did and they got him in some type of segregation population. He can't, because he's a police officer, regardless of his charge, they're not going to put him in gym pop because he he wouldn't right. survive. Right. Um, but based off of his scenario, he, he would. Well, we're going to hold that thought, guys, because we need to take a minute for our sponsors.
3: Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow our hosts online, you can find KB on Instagram at Growing Vibrations underscore magazine, a magazine for diverse, creative, open-minded people talking about entrepreneurship to cannabis infused butter. Or you can email her at growing vibrations mag at gmail.com. And you can find Bishop on Instagram at conscious underscore concepts with a Z, or on ConsciousConcept.com t-shirts for the conversation uplift your mind for sparky T head on over to Instagram at radical underscore bohemian underscore digital or you can head over to radical bohemian com for all your out-of-the-box radical digital marketing needs I'm Stony, and I ain't selling shit
1: okay guys we are back had to take a little break um, we want to get back into the conversation we were having about social hypocrisies and the things that are, are affected in our culture due to it. Um, I was saying before the break that we know that um, Derek Chauvin, which was the, the murderer, I like to say his name because I want people to know who he was, um, the murderer of uh, George Floyd, um, it's probably not in gen populations. Um, and, and, and the catch to a lot of the things that I was getting at is that, yeah, he was arrested and going to be charged for his crimes, but more times than not, these police officers are acquitted. Um, and we have on more than one occasion where this has been the case. And so the reason people are still outraged and the reason people are still going to continue to protest is because justice has not completely been served yet. Um, and when that happens, then people may feel a little bit more uh, at peace with the justice outcome if it's, if it's truly just. And, and, and we have to kind of wait to see how this thing plays out. Um, We know that the young man that killed uh, this five-year-old boy—and I purposely don't say his name on purpose, simply because we know that the media will make sure that his name is heard. Um, And anything that he's ever done in his past is going to be exploited and brought up. So just for that moment of hypocrisy, I want to be a hypocrite here. and, and not say his name, but we know that he's going to be charged and more than likely they're going to probably give him the maximum penalty for his crime, which I don't believe is unjustifiable for, for what he did. Um, but at what point does this, the, does the, the hypocrisy stop? Like, when do we say, you know, what it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander like if every if justice is supposed to be truly blind, why does it seem like it can kind of peek the veil up when it needs to and pick and choose how justice is applied to people and to and that so, fact
3: and and to that fact too of why does why should it matter if you have a badge
1: on or not exactly a crime is a crime, and if you're right. protected by that badge, and I think that's part of the problem is that you you you're told that you know you fearing for your life is a justifiable reason for you to take another life. But if I fear for mine and I take another life, I'm still, uh, uh, it's still a restable offense. So, you know, when, when did that change and what, what laws tell me that what a police officer does in that regard is legal. Um, so that's part of the outrage. That's part of the, the the hypocrisy that we see and we continue to push and march to against. Um, also too, to speak to, um, which I think is interesting the 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 talk about slavery and and the confederate statues and the tearing of statues down um I just find it very, very interesting that um people have such a hard time wanting uh uh to tear these statues down, and I don't understand why they think it's okay to have that constant reminder. So I was online looking at some things and I found that majority of the places that have Confederate statues, obviously are below the Mason Dixon line. Um, So it, it makes sense that they have them because they lost. So this is like their consolation prize. We couldn't keep you guys in slavery, but we're going to show you how we really feel about this shit. And you know, people are getting tired of it. And I think it's just kind of more like, look, if anything, why don't you tear it down because you know it's just a sign that you got your fucking ass kicked. And so so <laughs> the end of the like let's just really be real about it. You lost and black people are free, ish. Um and you know, you want this reminder. Um But in some places, I didn't even know this, in Delaware, they actually have a slave whooping post that was up still. Wow. Yeah.
3: Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's odd.
1: Yeah. And um, so when you see things like this, it's like, wow, like, okay, this is, (laughs) this is how people really feel. Like, we want to keep these things up. But, you know, in the same breath, the moment we start bringing and throwing slavery in someone's face... Well, slavery ended so many years ago. Why are you still on that? You should. You well, should... It's, it's it's like that hypocrisy
3: of once again of of your your tainting history. You're trying to just to tell the one side of history. I mean, granted, you know that's the understandable of the winners write his, the history books, but on that same aspect, at least be truthful about it.
0: Well, I mean, here's the thing, though, too, is it's like Germany doesn't have a bunch of fucking uh, Hitler statues hanging around town and flying. You know, they weren't
3: there during the Nazi- those few years. That was completely different people.
0: The Nazi flag.
3: That's what they say. They were. They weren't there. That wasn't us. Yeah. Someone else. He's somebody else.
2: And when you talk about slavery yeah. being over, you know, some things are still taking place. People are still being lynched. Like, people are still hanging from trees. Um, they just had a KKK rally in Atlanta at Stone Mountain. Like, they, they're still yeah. doing these things. So it is not all the way over. There's some of these things it's still not. going on. It is, it, uh, I can't remember when, but a young man, um, young black man was drugged behind a truck. I can't Oh, I'll have to pull that up yeah. and bring that back. A recent one?
1: Yeah, that was in Texas, I really? believe. That was a, a, a... You
2: mean, a long
0: time that
1: was ago. A yeah.
0: yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, they they wrung him up by the
2: fucking neck and drug him down a dirt road. Yeah, so it's like you know, even if that was ten years ago, these things don't matter. Really yeah. happening. You know, it, it, yeah. it's not stopping.
0: There's a town called Placerville, California, and uh, it's one of these very you know, up in that area is like the old gold mining, like gold rush area, right? And they have it's a little so it's a little country like town with old buildings, etc, etc, historic buildings. And I remember going up there and on one of the buildings, it has like a dummy body with this it has a white head and it's dressed up or whatever but it's hanging by news and he's hanging from the um one of the buildings and you see everywhere where it's like that town it's like placerville is is known as Hangtown, right and i was like what i go what well, i you know i'm looking at the guy and like right it's a white dude that's up there so i had to ask i was like that's really fucked up. Like to have anybody hanging from a fucking right. news and then like, you, like literally marketing and advertising on t-shirts, you know, ball caps, whatever. I mean, you can get anything you want. It just says hang town, but right. Like it, it, the thing is obvious. And so of course I started asking people and I'm like, okay, so let's talk about the, the, the name, this nickname of this town. Right. And they said that, yes, it used to be. And not too long ago, It was a black dummy that was up there. And then of course people said shit about it. So they just switched it to a white head. But it's all the same. Still the same. Yeah, it's still bad. And everybody who everyone knows what it means, you know, and it's like that is blatant in your face out in public, you know, and it's like
1: and then we're supposed
2: to react.
0: Right. And you're not supposed to get upset. You're not supposed to react. And it's a very like, you know, people are always like, oh, California is so democratic and so blue. I'm like, man, there is some nastiness in California, you know, and that area is super racist, yeah, super racist um, and generations of racism. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that town can survive um, with that nickname. And that shit up there. And it should be taken down. The nickname should go away. And I say a whole bunch of black people should move up there and take over yeah. <laughs> it. I do
1: that shit in a
2: heartbeat. Like, you know,
0: like, go up there and fucking buy all the goddamn land. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Make a Tyler Perry, a Tyler Perry move.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. The pool of Tyler Perry. I'll put in on yeah, that shit.
1: That part, there's, so many, there's so many places in this country that are like that. Um yeah you know and, and, and I'm I'm to a certain degree like this is my thought um when it comes to like blatant racism right like when so I was in I was in Louisiana back in 2008 and I was living in the bayou so where I was at there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me like period so um it was it was me native americans and whites that was it um and I learned a lot about like the native American culture being down there as well. But I found that I went into a few restaurants that made it very clear that I was not welcome there. Um, that they didn't want me there. And, um, although I'm very capable of defending myself, I wasn't there for a movement. I just wanted a fucking burger. Um, so it was like, you know what? Uh -uh, That's okay. If you guys, you know, don't want my dollar, that's fine. I'm going to take it up the street and I'm gonna spend my money elsewhere. But in the same breath, it felt refreshing to go somewhere and know that I just don't like you because of the way you look. Um, Mm. At least I know directly how you feel about me. The the, the constant going through day to day life with people who may even kind of smile in my face and use the system to completely figure out ways to tear me down and to hold me back make life for me very, very difficult to maintain trust in folks. Because it's like, how do I know what your true intention is? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're making it sound like you're my buddy, but you could be a Judas as far as I know, and you're just looking for the opportunity to turn that knife. And so at least if you tell me, I just don't like you because you're black, it's like, well, fuck you too. I can keep going.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) That is true. I I would rather, I really would rather have people just tell me, I don't like black people. I don't like you just because of your skin color. So I can just keep it moving. But it really is nerve-wracking to not know, to wonder like, oh, you're smiling, but do you have any underlying, you know, yeah. would you try to harm me later? You know, yeah. thing type of thing. And it, all, and it always comes across my mind. I, w- I wouldn't even lie and say don't. No, I have friends who are white, and I love them dearly. We have been friends for many years. And even when I met them and they were genuine, I still, it took a while to just be all the way open because i didn't know their intentions could later come and bite me in the ass you know so you want to defend you want to protect yourself in that aspect but i'm very grateful i gave them a chance because they are good people but yeah it was not it wasn't easy to just open up my heart because i I didn't know you know and then like i said in the military and i fight beside these people going to iraq and you come home and then all of these things are coming out in the media, and then you see a friend, a person who you thought was a friend, or a battle buddy, and then they post something and it's racist. You're like, <laughs> so all of this time we ate together, we fought together, we did everything together, and you secretly didn't like
1: me or- Just like we said before, it's because it, it affected them at that point. I, I'm, I'm okay right. with you being here with me right now. It's no different than in the, in the Confederate, in the Civil War. Black people, th- th- think about it like this. We can go Civil War. We can go when fucking black people help fucking take Hitler down. We went out and and, and, and freed people from these, these fucking camps, and we had to sit at the back of the train that the people we freed got to sit in the front of, and we weren't even allowed to sit with them. But we came in and freed them. You know what I mean? The Civil right. War wouldn't have been won without black people. Period. It would not have been one. But we had more to fight for in that same breath. But again, he didn't give a shit about you. Your friends didn't care until they got back home. You made them safe. You were one extra you were one extra person that could carry one extra bullet for them and keep them alive. You know what I mean? And it's kind of fucked up, but it's just they think it's self-preservation. They don't really care about you even then. Yeah. 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 You know? That's
0: true. But you know what, KB, let me let me just kind of on the whole like trusting with the white friends. I mean, as a white woman i feel the same way like i and i think that it the, the, in connecting it to like with white people white, or
1: just with, in general
0: yeah no no no. i'm sorry with white okay. people mm-hmm. like and, and it's like i am more tra- like if i when i come across people of, of any other culture i feel more i have more trust with them than i do white people even as a white woman yeah. because the white culture is all about it's it's a conniving like ingrainment that that's just there an instinct Mm -hmm. and it's like it's especially with women I mean I think women with the me too movement and just kind of the women uprising in general like it's starting to get better but you still see it it's just there is it just is you know Mm -hmm. so I can relate to you on a different level but I just want to point that out that it's there. It's there just in general with the white community. I don't. I mean, I just, when I, when white people, you know, come and approach me and I'm just like, "Mm," my first thing is like, what do you want? You know, what do you want? I got to watch my back. I need to really make sure that you are a genuine person because at some point your conniving ass is going to turn around and stick a knife in my back to get to take something from me and get up and get ahead, you know, yeah. in whatever way that is. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's an issue. And I think that connects to, again, the narcissistic white culture. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking. Have you
1: guys ever experienced uh, Stony and, and Sparky uh, the, the, the other side of that coin where maybe blacks or some other culture directly came to you and just said, I don't like you because of your race. <laughs> I don't think
3: directly. Um, I've, I've had times back when I was younger. Uh, actually, the first time I ever felt this way was actually visiting family down in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, actually. And we were at some big mall that was down there. And as we were walking around, it was, I mean, then, the you know, I'm going off of memories from back when I was like, 13 or so it was kind the mall wasn't segregated but as you walked around it was segregated you know like just natural mm-hmm. and there was a group of of black kids probably a few years older than me um you know granted at my age at that time i felt more like they looked like at me like i'm just gonna get mugged but it was the, just the look like no one came up or said anything. It was just, you know, a whole group of stares that just at the time Dude. made me uncomfortable. Like, wow, like I'm just walking around. I'm not, you know, I'm minding right. my own business. I'm not doing anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can I can understand. Uh, so but mm, uh, but the interpretation I, I, was more of an aggression, but it wasn't something that was directly said to you.
3: Yeah, no, it was nothing that was directly said to me. It's more of an aggression felt. But gotcha. yeah, no, I, I've never, I've never had anybody just come up to me. Well, I've had people come up to me and just say that I'm an asshole for whatever reason, but not, <laughs> not, not because I'm white or anything.
0: <laughs> I have. Um, when I was in school, I mean, I was always, I was always the new kid. So I moved to a lot of schools, and this was in California too. Um, being the new kid and all the schools I went to it was um it was a lot of it was very mixed you know it was very mixed but coming in you know i was like everybody i mean i was very pale white i was not as red as i am now so i was very pale white i had long you know really blonde hair and i always it was always like the latinos and the blacks the black girls who um would literally like come up to me aggressively like in circles, you know, and I mean, and it was, we don't fucking like you, you know, you fucking white bitch, you know, and it was a clear, like aggressive, stay the fuck away, watch your fucking back. um, And it was, you know, and it was like, it was always so it was always so heartbreaking to me because mm-hmm. they didn't know me, you know, and on the inside, I was always saying like, I wish that they would know me. I was too young to know how to communicate it and I was scared cuz some of them were big and fucking badass, you know. Um and at the time I wasn't a fighter. I had to become a fighter because I was constantly picked on and it was because they saw this very pale white girl walking into the school with this blonde hair and and everybody wanted to fuck with me. And it was because I was white and it was because, you know, I just that it was I was the minority. Yeah. Um, I have so a question they, for you with that.
2: Um, yeah. You know, because man, your vibe is I think is amazing. I love talking to you. I have like it's just fun talking to you. So for how sure. did you you handle you went through that and you handled that and being attacked by you know the black kids, but you still have this you 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 just still love everybody. You still have that way about you. You didn't let it make you you know, mean or nasty towards the Black community and say, you know, when I'm an adult, then I'm going to do this and that and hurt them because it's what they did to me. So what do you think, what was your difference on you not to, you didn't take that as hatred for the Black community. You just seen it as that's them, that's that group of people who did that to me, but it's not everybody. Right. How did you do that? I, I think just because, I don't know,
0: like, um, a large part, you know, my mom was very clear that human beings are just human beings, you know, and so that was, that was one thing. And I think just because the, you know, growing up, no matter where we were, like I said, I was more like, my friends were black. They were Asian. They were, you know, they were Latino Mm -hmm. Um, as a young, young child. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, they were not a bunch of white kids. It was the white kids in school who were really, really mean to me. So like talking about that particular situation and getting older and moving from school to school, like, and, and also like, I was very, I was a very aware child for some weird reason like I felt like I saw things on a very adult level yeah um yeah. internally you know so it was clear to me that I knew while these things were happening I understood where these kids were coming from I didn't necessarily know how to articulate to them you know because one I had a bunch of them standing around me and I was scared yeah um And I didn't know how to handle that, but then it, it, then it got to a point in general that there was so much bullying coming my direction. I think this was like, dude, I think in sixth grade, I want to say, um, That I finally had to stand up for myself because it was it was just at that point of like if I don't stand up it's it's just going to happen yeah and I literally I mean I'm five foot four at forty five you know so sixth grade I was little bitty Um, and teeny tiny you know and I literally it was like and these chicks were fucking tall and they were big mofo you know (laughs) and um. And like just towered over me. And I was, I remember we were in the courtyard and I looked across and I saw them. It was these three chicks that always fucked with me. They were three black girls and they saw me across the way. And then they were talking to each other. I was like, motherfucker, here they are. You're going to come again. And so they had, we had these concrete like benches in the courtyard. And I was like, I'm going to have to just make my fucking move. So my little (laughs) ass ran and jumped up on top of that bench so I could be taller and i literally just called them out i said look you motherfuckers i'm sick of this shit y'all don't fucking know me i don't hate you i don't hate anybody and y'all are giving me shit every fucking day you want to kick my ass let's fucking go because i've had it yeah you know i just like threw it out there <laughs> and then not you know and then they were like oh blah 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 talk 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 and i said no 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 i said you want to be my fucking you didn't ass need to that. <laughs> Because I'm white, let's go ahead and get it the fuck over with and then leave me the fuck alone because mm-hmm. I fucking had it. Because I'm like, the only bully
2: who allows them to do that.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, and I literally I was like, I don't hate you because of your color. You don't know me like my friends are fucking more black and colorful than y'all even fucking have. So like, you know, stop coming at me. Like I just had it. Yeah. And after that, everybody was like, oh my God, Tony, don't fuck with Tony. I was like, shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I had to. And I learned, like I said, you know, when I moved to Texas again when I was like at 15 or whatever, and I was working at like TJ Maxx and Target. I had two jobs. Yeah. And the majority at TJ Maxx was like a black crew. And they all like literally to my face, talk shit and be like, yeah, whatever. Fuck that white girl. We're not going to work. Let her do all the fucking work. And I would let him say it, let him say it, let him say it. Until one day I had about one too many, you know, fuck that white girl, let her do whatever. And I finally just stepped up and I was like, let me make this clear. Mm -hmm. You don't know me. And I understand that my people have done some fucked up shit to your people, but don't put that shit on me because I'm not like that. I love anybody and everybody, what I hate are assholes, and right now, y'all are being assholes to me, so do what you need to do, but take your fucking white bitch comments elsewhere, and I just turned the fuck around, and I walked away, you know? yeah. I feel like what the point is, is like, in my heart, I know, (laughs) Bishop, (laughs) I know, you know, to your question, the short of it is, I've just known, like, it's on the inside. I've always had compassion because mm-hmm. I understand you the history. Taught,
2: like, um, I think that one of your key things that you said was your your mother, you were taught, you know, everybody is not the same. So I, it's amazing to hear you talk about how you were as a child because Harmony is eight. And two days ago, we were in the car and um, she asked, Why are white people so mean? Like, why are you so mean to us? And, white people are so rude. And I was like, okay, so I need to think about conversations my husband and I have had around her when we thought she wasn't listening because she came hard. And it was up to us to tell her, Harmony, it's some, not all. And there are bad people with every race, every culture, there there are bad people. You know, just right now our world is is chaotic. So, you know, we had to go and explain all of that because she was mad, she was angry we could have allowed her to stay mad. We could, right. you know, yeah, Harmony, and just go along with that. And we could have talked right. that to her and she could, she could grow up, you know, with that hatred in her heart. So it is. it really always, it always starts it in the household, always, yep. you know, because with parents, when you hear your child say things in the, even if you agree, you don't want them to grow up, just be assholes against people because of their race. Oh, right. I'm glad we are the, the type of people that we are to educate her because I wonder, you know, those conversations in other households with black kids and white kids. A white kid can say, why are black people so mean and so this and that? And, but it's up to their parents to tell them it's not all black people. Yeah. And it's up right. to people to tell their children it's not all white people.
1: It's challenging though, because I know, you know, my children are older, they're, they're adults. Um, and so, um, at the end of the day, when I look at them and I, and I talk to them about, um, like, cultures and, and differences in race, I, I, where we live is pretty much like a melting pot of people. So, you know, you can't come into any area and really kind of pinpoint a demographic. But there's so many different races here. The issue with that is, like I tell them, I'm glad that you guys, well, I remember my son, I came home, his the garage is like United Nations. There's people everywhere. But when he walks outside of this neighborhood, what's, what is he going to get? You know, when he gets older, what is he going to get? People tend to kind of gravitate towards their own. I'm not mad at that, but I don't want you to be treated less than because they gravitated towards their own. But you need to be prepared that just because your friend is accepting of you when you go over their house for that sleepover doesn't mean that their parents have the same view. And and so you have to be mindful of that, that the children of today are battling against something that they've been programmed to believe for so many years and generations. And they're all kind of like, fuck this shit. You know what I mean? I I like, I like my black friend. I like my Chinese friend. I like my Mexican friend or Hispanic friend. I I want, you know, uh, everyone to just understand that I like this person because of who they are, not because of what they're made of as far as their race and demographics. So it's a challenge, even as we teach them that everybody is different that when they get older, that same person who we're saying shouldn't be mean to them may end up being mean to them. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're at the end of our time guys, but yeah, I mean, social, social hypocrisy is, is something, you know, it's a big topic. It comes, it's like, it's a statue. It's not a human. And, And when we're more concerned about, um, inanimate objects and we're more concerned about only what affects us and what's close to us and not just the human race in general um, That's an issue that's a big issue and the black lives movement is in, in my opinion is is just the beginning of a larger movement which is is about human evolution like it's time for us to evolve, as a human race in general, because there's so many layers um, to the black lives movement. Cause in my heart of hearts, in my mind, they're not just screaming for black people. They're screaming for the world. Mm -hmm. And George Floyd was, you know, just, it was, it was the point of like, okay, this is damn enough. And we've said it's enough. And now, now we're really saying it's enough. And so um, I don't know. It was a great conversation guys i really appreciated it Uh, as always um thanks for joining us we'd love 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 to get your feedback and if anybody is wanting to uh join us on our show if you have we're open to conversations we are never looking for conflict so if you have an opposing view that you'd love to join us on our show and give us your insight uh, to kind of expand this conversation, or if you'd like to jump in and preach to the choir with different perspective, we would love to have you. Please reach out to us on our IG page at the Radical and uh, the Radical Lounge with underscores in between the and Radical and Radical and Lounge. Thanks, Bishop. Thank you, KB, and Stoney. Hey, thank everyone. Thank you, How are How are
1: you, everyone? you guys <laughs> for coming out. Good night.
0: Really appreciate you guys. And my mind has been blown. <laughs>
3: Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow our hosts online, you can find KB on Instagram at Growing Vibrations underscore magazine, a magazine for diverse, creative, open minded people talking about entrepreneurship to cannabis infused butter. Or you can email her at Growing Mag at gmail.com. And you can find Bishop on Instagram at Conscious underscore concepts with a Z. Or on ConsciousConcept.com, T-shirts for the conversation, Uplift Your Mind. For Sparky T, head on over to Instagram at Radical underscore Bohemian underscore Digital. Or you can head over to RadicalBohemianDigital.com for all your out-of-the-box radical digital marketing needs. I'm Stoney, and I ain't selling shit.